Welcome to Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin A.C., Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. Both Cortez for the Union Tribune. Padres, Mets, Day, first place, second first place Padres are playing. Third winning team in a row the Padres are playing. Pretty excited, or I will be when I get some more coffee in me. Kevin, where are you? First of all, <laughs> for those for those people who are watching, it, it looks like you're in your car. Can we can we safely assume that you're in your car somewhere around the airport? I'm in my car somewhere around the airport. I'm across the street from the airport. That's as far as I make. Landed, uh, took a while. As anyone who's been to the airport recently knows there's a locust going on in Terminal 1. It's made everything very crazy. So, And I think that maybe the internet was going out at first. I was a little worried we weren't going to be able to do the podcast, but thank goodness because we skipped the last one, I believe, or we did it late or something. And now the Mets are in the town, Jay. And no, we skipped it. The Mets are our... their top two features, but it's still yep. one heck of a t- it is, and we, we did skip the last one. Our, our producer was on the shelf, and so we, uh, we had to That's skip right. it. And I, and I was thinking this morning that it, we're coming on today with quite a, different, quite a different feel from what it would have been like three days ago if we, had, uh, if we had done this, because our original plan was to come on the morning, on Friday morning, which would have been the morning after Taylor Rogers had, I believe, what he called the worst game of his life. Um, uh-huh in Milwaukee and the Padres have lost four in a row and the sky was falling. And I, I think, you know, uh, it, it felt like they were, uh, you know, 20 and 30 instead of 30 and 20 or whatever, it, uh, whatever it was. And then we turn around this, the, the weekend goes by and, and our, our producer, John gets healthy and the Padres got healthy in Milwaukee uh, winning three straight games. So uh, a little different feel. And now, yes, the Mets. Uh, Jacob deGrom has barely pitched. Max Scherzer's been out a while. You know, arguably, you could argue they're the two best pitchers in the league uh, in baseball. I mean, not going just on this year, but just in general. Uh, they're both out, and yet the Mets have the best record in the National League. So um, they obviously have a lot of good uh, a lot of good players, a lot of good pitchers. Uh, the Padres will see a couple of those this week. Uh, Carlos Carrasco. Former Indian is uh, sorry. I get well. He was an Indian. I uh, now the Guardians. He was never a Guardian. Yeah. You know. So he's former Cleveland pitcher Carlos Carrasco will pitch tonight against Blake Snell. Tuesday night, Taiwan Walker, who used to pitch for Seattle, will pitch for the Mets. He's having a good year against Hugh Darvish. And Wednesday, Chris Bassett, who is quite familiar to Bob Melvin and quite familiar to Sean Mania, having pitched for the A's for the last several years. He was part of the same fire sale, I guess you could say, that where the Padres got Manaya. He went to the Mets, and he will pitch against Sean Manaya. So it should be a, uh, a reunion game a little bit on Wednesday. Wednesday is a night game, we should say. All three games are at night. There's no Wednesday getaway game. Both teams are off on Thursday. I'm looking forward to the series. I, I watched the Mets over the weekend. I saw their game Saturday, especially in L.A., Pete Alonso hit a couple of home runs, one of which was just like jaw-dropping that he hit the ball. Where it was pitched and where he hit it, it just didn't seem to make any sense. He is incredibly strong. He's off to a fantastic start. Uh, Francisco Lindor, one of the best shortstops in the game, will be here as well. And, uh, you know, Buck Showalter's done a great job with the Mets, just like Bob Melvin's done a great job with the Padres. 
we talk so we talk a lot here sometimes about uh being myopic and how you know i mean i can do it i mean my whole life is the padre and and fans most certainly do it we we all do it where we don't pay attention you just named three starters that a lot of teams would love to rotation the Mets are missing Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom and 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 have these three starters that are going against the Padres you think you're going to get a break and by the way the Padres do last year times they faced the Mets was before Jacob deGrom was on the shelf so they saw him twice they faced Max Scherzer like six times more it seems like they were facing him every week because they got him both time with, with and then got him they got him with the Dodgers so they are getting a break there but they're still facing three pitchers uh you got a you know pete alonzo this is a fantastic matchup uh i am certainly having gone through last year what was the pottery nightmare last year keeping it hey this is june all right so let's uh let's relax but this is a big series nonetheless um and and, and i'm excited for it i'm getting more excited the more of this Einstein brothers cappuccino <laughs> i found i i also think that i i almost feel like it, it's a while it's a big series one, there are a couple of caveats. One, the Padres are not pitching the guys who have been their two best pitchers. Well, maybe it makes it even. I don't know. But Joe Musgrove <laughs> and Mackenzie Gore have been the Padres' two best guys this year. They showed it again over the weekend in Milwaukee, pitching back-to-back shutouts. First time in six years, the Padres have won back-to-back games via shutout. Uh, both guys were so impressive. I mean, Musgrove really looked for a while like we were going to get another Friday night no-hitter. Uh, from him. Gore was special again on Saturday. The big spread we gave him on Saturday and your story did not jinx him in any way. He was really Nor good. did us so, talking about it on Twitter or text or anything else jinx, jinx uh, the, Joe Musgrove at all. Right. Didn't. Exactly. I promise. So, <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I think, but I will say I, I what my original point was going to be, I, I think the weekend at Milwaukee was bigger than really anything oh. that could happen here. Oh. Just because the Padres were in a position where, and and we talked, you and I talked a little bit last night via text, late, late last night about the idea that this is a different team for the Padres right. so far, the yeah. way they've responded. But, you know, I did go back and look last year and they had a stretch kind of around this time of the year, actually, where I, right after they were, they were 34 and 19, and then they lost like 13 out of 17, I think the last nine of 11, something like that. And then they came back and they won eight in a row and 11 out of 12. So it was a different, you know, it wasn't like they completely fell apart when things went bad. But I do uh-huh. think this team has to prove that they can do that kind of thing. And uh-huh. they didn't, at least as of the way things stand right now, they didn't need to go through, you know, a stretch of 11 games or 17 games to sort of snap out of it. Um, right. And they they struggled for four games. They had a you know a crushing defeat on Thursday night. I mean that that's one of those where you figure that's kind of you'll laugh at this inside joke where that's sort of a cheap save that Taylor Rogers is going to get on Thursday, where he comes in with a three run lead and it's you know easy one two three maybe gives up a run whatever. He got shelled. Um, it was like it was like. They brought in a guy out of single A. I mean, it was so bizarre that he was that bad. And you start thinking, wow, what, what's going on with this guy? Can the Padres survive this? And sure, and then they come back, like you said, with Musgrove, with Gore, with a big win yesterday, even after getting, you know, giving up another lead. Um, 
and and they did show something is the larger point in all this. They showed something the last three days, and you, you would hope from their standpoint, they're thinking this is a good sign going forward. Here's the thing. They believe it, and that may end up being the difference, right? They, mm-hmm. man, we've talked about this a lot, and and but it doesn't get old. You know, it shouldn't get old for fans as long as their team keeps winning. That the three and a half million dollars a year that they're giving Bob Melvin is worth it because he came in with cachet. The players believed in him, and so many things have happened already along the way that make them believe in him more. And this, what you just talked about, is another one of them. Okay, you know, he kept calm. You know, didn't have the team meeting. We're all good. You know, lost some tough ones in St. Louis. We're tired. Okay. Oh, lost the big one. Okay, yep. You know what? We did everything right in that game on Thursday. We scored. We scored with home run. We added on in the eighth. We had it. Oh, okay. You lose those sometimes. It's all good. And then they won three in a row. Is it any different? No. I mean, like, bottom line, they're a game worse than they were after 54 games last year, the one-third point right. season. Um, and, and, yes, you're right. They were down. There was a time where they won eight in a row. I think they won ten in a row after in June. Um, they were the best team in baseball for a month from June to the middle, middle of July, yada, yada. It's that the Padres believe they're different. I'm not even going to tell you I think they're different because, look, right. we've all been fooled before. It doesn't matter. The Padres believe they're different. And A, number one on the list of how they are different is their pitching. They're starting yeah. pitching. It's well, unbelievable. And that's what that's what came to the fore over the weekend was you had this, lo- this losing streak going and you get to throw Joe Musgrove yep. as your as your stopper. And he has been, you know, as good as anyone in, in baseball this year, really. Um, yep. And then, and, and Mackenzie Gore as well. I mean, his ERA is 1.5. He's, he's pitched nine games. He's pitched 48 innings, I think it is. Um, I, I mean, obviously he needs to do it over a season, more than a season, et cetera. But he has been everything that the Padres thought he would be. And he showed that again. We talked last week, uh, early in the week. I think I mentioned this. I was really looking forward to watching Saturday's game because it was going to be his toughest test. Uh, pitching on the road against a first-place team, and we saw what he did. He he shut him out for six innings. Um, so that's another thing that he has done. And yesterday, Mike Clevenger, I mean, yeah, you really don't want to see him throw 60 pitches uh, in three innings, but after the first, after the second pitch, uh, they didn't score often. So he was able to he was able to get out of whatever he was in. Nick Martinez pitched really well. Uh, I had no problem with him going out for the eighth inning. I mean, he was at about 65 pitches, I think, uh, maybe 68. And it's kind of like, well, who would you, who else you want to see right now other than Nick Martinez? He had thrown, I think, 93 and 106 in his two most recent starts. Uh, he, he was throwing the ball well. He had only given up maybe three hits. And he threw a bad, you know, he gave up a ground ball hit um, that, uh, you know, went for a base hit. And and he threw a terrible pitch that that Wong hit out. So, uh, kind of that kind of stuff happens. But I had no problem with him yeah. being the guy on the mound at that uh, at that time. And and give credit to Tim Hill because Suarez got in a jam, and Tim Hill came in and and got out of that, and then got through the ninth, where Cronenworth could be the hero again in the tenth. 
if you want to get down on things, Robert Suarez, again, just, I mean, he's inconsistent. His mechanics are inconsistent. I can't tell you exactly why, but I'll tell you this, that every time I watch him, I notice something different. Uh, and so <laughs> if that's the case, then all right, I'm pretty sure that, uh, and I have talked to people and it's just, so they're, you know, like, gosh, wow, what's happening there? Um, you would think that, that Taylor Rogers came in, he got it done yesterday, went 3-0 to the first guy, uh, yeah. and then he got it. So they're fine there. But there was a reason Nick Martinez was in, because Taylor Rogers had pitched twice in the previous three days. It's now three out of four. He's not going to pitch tonight, almost certainly. Um, and, um, you know, you saw that Robert Suarez, when he came in. Um, so, uh, but yes, Tim Hill Suarez... fantastic since he came back right. from the I.L. And Suarez had not allowed a run in his last five no. outings either. I mean, so it's it's no. that's the thing about this the bullpen. And I, I think we even talked about it some last year uh, when they were good and even when they struggled is there's just, you know, it's easy to, to blame Jace Tingler last year and say, oh, how could he go to this guy? How could he go to that guy? Well, you don't know that Robert Suarez is going to be good or bad in a particular situation. He had thrown five straight scoreless innings, I think it was. So – you can't say, oh, well, okay, now we know he's going to be bad in his next outing, so we shouldn't put him in a tight game. I mean, that you can only put guys in the positions where they're supposed to be, and I, I think I, I think Melvin has consistently done that. And if a guy doesn't pitch well, you know, I mean, you know my thing on that. It's it's on the pitcher a lot more than it's on the manager. And the and the the bullpen and the starters are going to be tested are going to be tested this week. I mean, Alonzo. Um, has I think it's 16 home runs right now. Um, he's he's been hot over the last couple of weeks. Both him and Lindor are over a thousand OPS the last couple of weeks. The Mets have the highest batting average and on base percentage in baseball right now. They're second in runs scored. So going to be another test. Uh, you know the weather looks like it's warming up just a little bit, so you might not have those 61 degree Petco nights to uh, to help the pitchers a little bit, but. Again, we'll see what happens with the Padre bats as well. I mean, they're they've been a pretty much a two man offense for a good chunk of the season, and neither one of those guys, Hosmer's slump has gone on for much longer than than Machado's. Uh, and and Hosmer, as good as he was in April, he he wasn't very good in May. He did have some clutch hits, but the slugging seems completely gone right now. Um, so we'll see what happens with him and if he can get back to more of what he was in April. And Machado, you know, over the last couple of weeks has not quite been the same. But look, Machado was never going to hit 360 or 350 all year long. He's not that kind of player. Machado, but he still yeah. had a huge hit uh, over the weekend in Milwaukee off off Corbin Burns, who had been one of the best pitchers around. Machado is um, what he is because even in the midst of this, whatever it is, it's uh, and I wrote about it today in the newsletter, but it's, uh, it's a string of, let's say, 11 games where he's been bad. Well, there were four games in a row there where he was like five for 13 with a right. home run and a double. And, and, and so, like, you know, uh, pick your arbitrary starting point. But, uh, but <laughs> Manny Machado is not going to, generally speaking, have a month where or, or even three weeks, right? The superstars, and Manny talks about it all the time, the superstars um, turn over 20 into three for 20. And, and over time, then that becomes 12 for 20. So, um, you know. Not worried about that. Also, as much as not worried about Manny Machado, probably going to wait till the next podcast before we talk about Trent Grisham and Jake Cronenworth. Um, yeah. they, they've certainly been heating up. Jake, I'm telling you, somehow I've found myself, sometimes it's on purpose, working on a story or whatever. He's extremely smart, extremely insightful. 
Um, I found myself talking to Jake almost every day for a month. Um, I try not to do that, but, but I just have, it's just the way it is. And he's fully into it. Sometimes he starts it, um, and wants to talk about something and he's been saying he's close. And most of the time I can see it. Sometimes I've been like, just biting my tongue. Like, okay, Jake, if you say so, right. <laughs> um, it turns out maybe he is. He might be. And it, you know, is this seems kind of silly as a point to say, Oh my gosh, how great it is that, that his, um, um, his OPS is or his on base average is over 300 now, but it is, and that's a you know that's a good thing. Grisham's is up to 289, so I mean those guys do seem to be coming around a little bit. You know, it's hard to get too excited when Cronenworth's hitting 217 and Grisham's hitting 179. But Grisham was like at 151 uh-huh. um, yep. not that long ago, and and you know Cronenworth I don't think has dropped that far, but he's come up a little bit, and obviously just two two really big hits the last couple of days uh, in Milwaukee. So there have been guys that have picked them up. Alfaro hit a home run, you know, the other night. And uh, Azokar has been hitting much better, as you've, as you've pointed out. Profar, you know, is he's he's up to 235. I think he was down to like 177 for, That's like a 20 uh, for a while. Where he's been good. And all of these guys, and look, they got to get the slug. They know it. I'm writing about it today. They cannot sustain this winning percentage without more slugs, without more consistent offense. But you talk about Cronenworth, you talk about Profar, you talk about Grisham. Like, the numbers are not good. Yet, how many times after a game have you said, you know who's big tonight? Jerks and Profar. Right. Oh, Trent Grisham. Yeah. Oh, you know, Jake Cronenworth. Trent Grisham, look, in like the past 12, 15 games, let's say, maybe it's 18, like six sacrifice hits, eight extra base hits, like three game-winning RBIs. One of them was a home run. Like, these are not big numbers. They're not what he should be. I'm not saying that. I'm saying all of these guys have strangely been a part of a team that is 12 games over 500. Right, and and is 15. They're still 15th in runs scored, so they're still right in the middle of the uh, of the league. And and you know, with with the pitching that they're getting, they don't need that much more <laughs> offense. Um, you know, they don't, they don't need to have the best offense in baseball. Of course, they need to be a little bit better uh, yes. than, they, than they've been. But The last but they four games in Milwaukee is what they need to be. That's exactly right. That's what they need on a consistent four, basis. Runs? Yep. Runs? We they might should, not talk about a loss for the next six months. <laughs> they should win most of the games when they score four or five <laughs> runs. That's, that, should not be, um, that should not be in question. So. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think you're, you're right. And, and the idea of where they are in terms of, you know, there's only two teams in the National League, excuse me, that have a better record than they do. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, it's just the, the one they're playing this week and the one that is 100 miles up the road in, in L.A. So, you know, you look at that and I think they're fifth. I think they're fifth in Major League Baseball overall in, in record. So we see them every day. We see that yeah, they're they're thirty three and twenty one, and we could easily pick out six games that the, uh, you know, where they lost late leads. But you know what? Teams lose late leads. Yep. We can easily say, yeah, they lost those six games. But you're not going to w- protect every single lead that you that you have. But they they are in a good spot, and uh, they they've got the Mets. They've got the Mets, and then they've got the the day off, and then the stretch of. I don't know what is it. Eighteen and seventeen? Is that what you? Eighteen and seventeen, starting uh, with the Rockies uh, with the doubleheader on Saturday. So they play. Uh, they play. What is it? Four games in three 
or four games in three days. That happens again later in the season. I mean, it might even be five games in four days later in the season against the Rockies here, based on, you know, that that's from the two games that got wiped out at the beginning of the season yeah, with the lockout. It hey, is. before the, we go, Jay, of, I want of August. before I, we go, uh, three things. Uh, you mentioned the team up north starting at the, I believe it's the uh, 30th maybe of, of June. That's when you play the Dodgers. 15 times over, or is it six, 16 times over the rest of the season? So uh, the Dodgers are coming. Uh, the other thing is two injury updates we should have either later today uh, or tomorrow. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. getting another CT scan today to find out that he would be able to swing. Great optimism uh, there by the Padres uh, that, that he should be able to start swinging, uh, be around by the end of the month, maybe early July. And the expectation is that when Will Myers sees a doctor today that he's going to have uh, arthroscopic surgery for uh, some cartilage that's loose uh, in his knee, his right knee. And uh, so he won't be playing right field for the Padres, I, I expect. As long as Nomar Mazara can hit, he'll hold off uh, Jose Azucar. The Jose Azucar, Bob Melvin has indicated, will will keep playing more because he's hitting both righties and lefties and hitting them well. Right. But the one thing that Nomar Mazara, if he can do it here, has is pop. One thing that he yeah. has that no, that Azucar doesn't um, is is slugs. There's the potential of slug, but but Jose Azucar will get more playing time. But for now, let's expect that. Um, against righties, Mazzara would be a starter in right field. Yep. And we should note that this is that stretch we talked about where they had the games against winning teams, mm-hmm. uh, se- seven and six so far, yep. with the three against the Mets coming. And then they start a, a long stretch of almost three weeks where they play seven against the Rockies. And I'm looking here, uh, four against four. the Cubs, four against the Phillies, five against the Diamondbacks. Before that, the uh, now. <laughs> before the Dodgers, yeah. Well, over the weekend they were, uh, they were good. I know they solved their problem. They changed their manager, and it, it either either that or playing the Angels turned everything the Angels around. Angels came to sure. town. <laughs> I'm not sure which, but but still, it, a, a stretch there coming up with a lot of uh, a lot of games in a lot of days, but also a lot of a lot of garbage team, mostly garbage <laughs> teams in that thing. And I know you hate that word, and that was probably a little harsh, but. Um, hey. Not as good, not as good teams. How about that? Hey, the, the Braves are a winning team now. By the time they get the Phillies, the Phillies could be a winning team. This thing fluctuates. It's early in the season. Something that we all need to remember. Despite the emails I get during and after every single loss, it's as if right. the, the Chargers. I'm covering the Chargers again, um, and it was <laughs> you know the ninth game, and Nord blew another one. Um, <laughs> but got, got my first, uh, Bob Melvin, that was my first, Bob Melvin is the problem. Got my first over the weekend. Um, so, you know, I guess he's better now though. I have not heard from that emailer, uh, again, since the three game winning streak, which is strange. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, Jay, that I'm person will be back. I gotta, I, oh, definitely. Uh, I yeah. gotta get a haircut. I gotta change my clothes. Um, I got to get ready for this series. I got to write you a story on the one-third mark of the season, so folks look for that later. Um, yep. Good stuff in there. Yeah. Should be good, and then we'll uh, we'll talk again on Friday before the Rockies and Bud Black right. come to them. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.